Hi everyone, welcome to the San Diego News Fix, Name Drop Edition. I'm Christy Totten. On Name Drop, we highlight people who have shaped San Diego and have been shaped by it. The Wu family, who owns Mongolian Hot Pot Restaurant in Claremont, came to the United States from Inner Mongolia, China in 1995. The parents, Gary and Mindy Wu, left their home and jobs as artists and architects to come to the United States to start restaurants. It was a struggle at first, but soon after, the family found success opening a Rice King restaurant than many others. Their sons, Mike and Peter, join me today to talk about their journey. Here's our conversation. All right. Well, Peter, Mike, very nice to meet you and congrats on 15 years of Mongolian Hot Pot. How does it feel? Thank you very much. Uh, it's, it's crazy how fast 15 years flew by, but um, well, we're, we're very happy to be here. Yeah. It, that, yeah, like Peter said, it felt, didn't feel like 15 years. We were actually kind of surprised ourselves when we, uh, you know, we're thinking about what to do this year for, our, you know, marketing uh, efforts. And we're like, wait a minute, we've been here for 15 years so uh, we, we did definitely want to do something special um about it you know? yeah well i mean 15 years you guys look pretty young it seems like you probably grew up in the restaurant industry what was what was that like how old were you when this got started and and you know how what was it like when you were younger uh i mean yeah both of us we really grew up in, in the restaurant space before this restaurant our parents actually had a another fast service chinese food a uh you know, full dining Japanese restaurant and a Thai restaurant. And those are the, those, those are the places that Peter and I, we uh, basically worked throughout our entire middle school, uh, high school and college lives. And That's when we got our allowance. Oh. That was our allowance. <laughs> what was pay back then? Oh man. Well, you know, we, we were good servers. So, so we got, we had good tip. I always had more cash than my friends. Let me tell you that. Nice. Um, yeah. But we worked hard for it. We worked hard for it. But I remember the hourly when we started was like four dollars per hour or something. Yeah, five, yeah, four or five bucks. Like when you like when you started, it was probably like five something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, so tell me about the other restaurants. I I I've heard of Rice King. I know that you now have Shabu Works, but what were the other two that you mentioned? Uh, we had a Japanese restaurant called Japan House and a Thai restaurant called Takai Thai, which means lim- lemongrass Thai, but uh, that one actually still it still exists today after you know years after we sold um i believe the japanese restaurants turned into something else after my parents sold it but um they the both of them were in script french uh, yeah yeah oh go ahead no go ahead yeah rice king was a uh, miramisa and, and that was the first uh, uh our families jumped into the restaurant industry our parents came over with us uh from China in 1995, and that was the first business they purchased with pretty much all of their life savings. And, um, you know, that was, yeah, 1996, uh, we started that business and it was, uh, um, my dad didn't didn't know a lick of English, um, but he he was able to have Mike stand next to him behind the counter translate when customers asked for a fork or, or chopstick um, but from there, he built it from one of the lowest sales, uh, Rice Kings, to one of the highest in that uh, chain uh, within a couple of months, actually. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, actually, you know, he had to go borrow some money in order to, to make it happen. Um, 
So it, it wasn't even it wasn't just our life saving. It was like negative money <laughs> that that we had to put up for 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 a restaurant that was essentially losing money every day. Um, but he didn't know anything about you know restaurant business or business in general in the U.S. How things operate. Um, so he's like, oh, it's a business. I can turn it around. Of course, it's going to cost money to buy it, right? But in these days, if it's a failing business, like you wouldn't even want to take it if it's free, right? <laughs> But you know that's one of the things that we're so proud. Like he was able to, you know, turn that around. Like Peter would just said, Rice King is a small, small franchise. Uh, I think they're only in San Diego still. But I, I think at the time they had like 20, 30 locations, which is not bad. But they were literally about to get rid of this restaurant. But my dad picked it up, um, and it went from the lowest to the highest. And all we did was provide better service and make sure the food actually tastes like good Chinese food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what brought your family to the States to begin with and how did you land in San Diego? We, um, my, my father had a, had a friend that was uh, living in San Diego at the time. And this is, we came in 95, right? And this, you know, before the times of internet, you know, you can't, you really don't know uh, where, where are you going until you get there kind of deal. Uh, so it, it was it was because of a good friend that he had that lived in San Diego and just described how great it is. Um, they've always been, um, I don't want to use the word settlers, <laughs> but we, we went from Northern China to Hainan, which is a tropical island. Uh, and then we went from there to San Diego. So they, they, they were always looking for a you know, better environment, better life for you know for us and of course themselves too right and i think you know at the time or even now you know us is still the most desirable place you know for, for any family that wanted um for any immigrant family right and you know that was really really the reason um why we all came here and never left um, what was it like when you first arrived what do you remember about those early days I mean, no English. We didn't speak any English. Uh, they had no driver's license yet, so it was tough. It was, it was super tough. Um, we had to walk from our rent, rental apartment to Vons, which is like a five-mile hike, <laughs> just to bring some grocery back. Um, I remember the first time we walked into a fast food restaurant, it was a Carl's Jr. down the street. And we didn't know how to order anything. We just pointed at a picture and gave them the sign, like that one, four, that one, four. <laughs> but uh, we, we got through it. You know, Pierre and I, we were younger, much younger. Uh, and we, we were able to pick up English very quickly in school, especially Peter. He, you know, after a year, he was basically like a fluent American-born child, right? But I, I struggled a little bit longer myself. Um, what, do you, what do you remember, Peter, from that time? Yeah. Um, just uh, going to elementary school, I was first grade, and um, how much more uh, laid back school was. You know, back in China, starting first grade, you're sitting there. You're, you know, we were learning division already, and I come here and it's like finger painting and all this fun exercises. <laughs> I just felt like it was fun time all the time. I really enjoyed school for a while, and you know, like Mike said, I, I um, being that young, you integrate very, very fast. Um, uh, I felt like it, I didn't feel like uh, what Mike may have felt, you know, moving from one world to another. To me, it was just kind of a, 
a little change of scene. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, but yeah, I, San Diego at the time was, was, I would say it was not as crowded as it is today. Um, uh, we, we went to school in Rancho Bernardo, Poway area. Um, at the time, there wasn't even very many Asians in, in San Diego County. Um, but, you know, we, everyone was very nice. You know, that's one thing we noticed is that uh, everyone in the U.S. is so friendly. <laughs> uh, so we have very positive memories of our childhood here. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to, glad to hear that. Yeah. Mike, did you want to add something? Sorry. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, definitely there were some discrimination, obviously, you know, from other kids. Um, a lot of people would ask that, but of course it happens. Um, but overall, I don't think I mind. I, I don't think I cared because I am an outsider. I was an outsider at the time. So I, what I did they mind. do? What yeah. did they say? Ah, oh, man, you know, just what kids would say to imagine the whole school only had like three Asian kids, you know, so. <laughs> um, gotcha. But we didn't let we didn't let that get to us. Yeah. So wh why did your family choose restaurants? Were you doing restaurants back home? Yeah, um, no, 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 we, no, we did not. So my dad, he was a uh, architect back in China. But of course, you know, code and the language barrier doesn't really transfer over. Um, so, you know. We he quickly went through our life savings when we came here, um, and he was like, "Uh oh, we need to do something to to uh, to stay afloat." You know, like Mike said, we were we were way behind on rent. Um, you know, we we were like down to the last bit, and and, and uh, you know, he always loved food. You know, one of his part time jobs when he came here was working at a restaurant, and he quickly learned kind of some of the the back of house uh, skills needed to run a kitchen. Um, but yeah, you know, I think like many, many immigrants, you're almost forced into it, uh, because of the seemingly low barrier entry to restaurants, but you know, it, it is a, a lot of hard work. Yeah. So when was the turning point when your family went from kind of struggling and still, you know, getting used to living in a new place to really prospering as you are today? I don't, I don't think, I don't think, uh, not prospering, but we got, you know, we were able to be a little bit more comfortable once we brought the um, rice cane business up from making no money to actually, you know, making a decent amount of income. And, you know, thankfully at the time, uh, San Diego housing wasn't, isn't as crazy as today. And it just worked out. We, like, we were able to purchase our first home with Rice King's um, profits, right? And that was a huge deal. And this is Script Trench, San Diego, brand new like trap homes, right? That's like dream for us. That was that was literally our dream. So that was that was definitely the turning point. And then it went from okay, well, what more can we do, right? Uh, and then they started looking for spots, but a little bit more professional this time. Um, and we actually built our second restaurant from ground up, like with design, everything. Uh, you know, my parents were able to apply their artistic knowledge. Uh, and my dad's his uh, interior design knowledge. So they were able to actually use that for this, for the, for the second business. Um, awesome. Definitely a turn. <laughs> Do you have any other restaurant plans in the future? I mean, I know you already have a, a good portfolio now, but are you still growing? We are. Yeah. We're, we're actually looking in, in new neighborhoods for shop works. Um, and, and San Diego is always going to be home for Mike and I. So we're always looking at 
new neighborhoods and, and there's so much I feel like new neighborhoods are coming up um so uh we, we really want to start growing shopboards in the area Okay, I have a random lightning round for you, but my first question for both of you is, what's your favorite thing about San Diego and your least favorite thing about San Diego? Uh, Peter, you can go first. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'll start with, uh, let's see, the least favorite thing, uh, least favorite thing, oh, that is tough. Um, least favorite thing. Oh, okay, sorry, I know. Okay. I'm you go. Looking for parking by the beach on July 4th. That's my least favorite thing. Nice, nice, nice. Yes. Uh, oh, favorite thing for me is just like the coastline around uh, La Jolla and that whole stretch, Torrey Pines. Um, both Mike and I went to UCSD, so we spent a lot of time in, in that neighborhood. But, you know, after going to so many places and, and being fortunate to travel to other places and see new things, I'm always like, you know what? La Jolla, this doesn't beat La Jolla for me, right? Um, I, I always go back. I'm like, wow, we were so lucky to have this in our kind of our backyard area. We can just go to it whenever we want. Um, that's one of my favorite things. Let me get back, John. Okay, Mike, Mike, what's your what's your favorite thing? Oh, uh, I, I would have. I, I would just say the the vibe, and maybe it's it's my home. Um, I'm in Orange County, Irvine, right now, and Peter's in LA. And every time driving back to San Diego, it just I feel like my mood just I, I calm I calm down a bit. Yeah. Um, pace is a little bit slower. It's, you know, it's not like Hawaii slow, but it's definitely slower than uh, other cities. And I, I, I actually really enjoy that. It allows me to, to kind of just slow down and think. Uh, Peter will say opposite because he actually lived in New York for years. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's my favorite thing. It's, it's the pace. Nice. Well, I agree with both of your favorite things. Peter, do you have a least favorite thing yet? I, you know, I can't think of, I can't think of one. I, I'll cop out and say, I just love the city too much. Okay. Yeah. That, that totally works. I know it's, it's hard. It's hard. There's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah. Um, okay. What were some of your favorite movies as kids when you got here? Like, what are the movies that made impressions oh, on you? That's hilarious. Um, I think we're going to say the same thing. Coming to America. Coming to America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you remember that movie, Christy? Yeah, I love that movie. Oh, it's, it's it holds up. Yeah, it's it holds so good. up. And even watching it as a kid who probably shouldn't have with all the profanity and everything else in the movie, it was still hilarious. Um, and, and my dad loved it too. And it was just, uh, it was so, it was so relevant to, to our story at the time too, watching it and the uh, first introduction to Eddie Murphy, right? Um, I don't know. It was just, it was just great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome. Did they do a remake of that? I feel like I heard of a remake or maybe they a did a show second or... one. It's, it's garbage. Not as garbage. <laughs> <laughs> they ruined it. They ruined it. They should have just popped it. Uh, uh, um, okay. What what is the best advice you have for people not necessarily wanting to get into the restaurant industry, but you know, wanting to build a business or just follow their dreams in general? Uh, I would say, um, it, you know, you have to take that first step to do it, right? And I was talking to my dad about, like, you know, what made you want to come to the U.S. and and, uh, and and start a restaurant, right? I mean, like we said, he was kind of forced to, but at the same time, he didn't know any better either, but he took that first step, right? Sometimes it's kind of an ignorance bliss in his situation, but um, I, I feel like, with so much information these days, everyone is so scared to take that first step because they want to take the wrong step. But 
you, you just have to do it and you're probably going to fail a lot more than you succeed, but you fail forward and keep going somewhere. Right. Um, rather than just kind of thinking about ideas, you actually have to take action. Um, even if it's the wrong action, it's still going to take you away from where you were before. Right. So a little step a day, you know, you can go to, to really far places if you just take a small step a day. Yeah, yeah. I love that advice. Mike? Um, I was going to say something similar, but, you know, trusting your guts, that's very important. You know, we, you know, uh, successful business people are were able to pull off things, amazing things in the past when there's like no information, no data available. But nowadays, you know, all you hear about is, oh, we got to analyze the data. We got to analyze the data. You know, without, without enough data, we, we can't make the right decision. But you know, people back then, what did people do back then? It's really common sense and guts, right? <laughs> and taking that first initial step. My dad, you know, my, our parents are, they're, they're college educated, uh, but, you know, he's, he's not the best at math, right? They're both art majors. Um, my dad was an oil painter, my mom's a woodcutter. So, like, you know, business wasn't really in their veins, right? But I think it's, it's really just trusting, trusting their instinct kind of goes back to what I was saying, how they were able to move from the most like northern part, from inner Mongolia to a tropical island in China. That itself is already a huge move. And really the reason he made that move was because, because he, there was a singer in China um, that was like famous at the time. And he had a music video where he's like on the beach in Hainan Island, like looking at the ocean, like looking far away with coconut <laughs> in the back. And I still have that image in my head. And I, I was like four years old, right? Five years old, maybe. Um, but that was what really made him to, uh, to make that first initial move. And he moved there by himself first with you know, $5 in his pocket before. And this is they, right before uh, when Peter was born, really, too. Yeah. So wow. yeah, that, that takes more guts to me than, like, than starting a business uh, today on your own or anything. Sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And, you know, that, like following that image, as you mentioned, <clears throat> I want to ask more about your parents and their artistic careers and what they're up to now. But Peter, I wanted to go back to you for a second. You know, you basically said fail fast. Like what are some of, um, you know, your failures or some of the difficulties you all have encountered um, in the making of, of this business? Oh, man, where do I start? Uh, let's, let's start just this <laughs> last week. <laughs> we had a <laughs> we had a, a friends and family event at uh, Mike and I. We have a another restaurant, and we did a friends and family night. And we completely uh, didn't control the pace, and we just overloaded the crap out of our kitchen. Um, and it was people were waiting way too long, and people you know we couldn't get food fast out enough, and it was just a show. Yeah, <laughs> can we say that? But yeah, it was it was it was not a it was not a fun time. Right. And, you know, you think after all these years, we, we would handle something as simple as a friends and family or what we're just hosting, but little details you miss along the way that caused a huge thing. But then, you know, from that learning, we quickly sat down that night, we talked among ourselves and we made changes uh, for our grand opening that was last Saturday. And we those changes saved us on Saturday that served almost three to four times the amount of people on Thursday. And without that failure, maybe our grand opening would have been so much worse, right? And it was actually a more yeah. important uh, event for us. So yeah. just little things, right? And, and, you know, and if we sat too long and just kind of think about every single detail, 
we would have pushed out our opening even further out, which we would have missed a really busy week in that neighborhood. So, um, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's man. awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, that's good that you're, you're constantly thinking about it. There's a recent example you learn from it. I interviewed someone once that has a resume of failures. It, he's an academic. And I thought that was really awesome, you know, not just that's to cool. keep track of your successes, but mm -hmm. to keep track of the times you messed up and what you learned and where that, you know, pushed you. So I, I really admire mm -hmm. that. I think it's cool. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So tell me about your parents. What are, first of all, I know you, you mentioned their artists, Mike, your dad is a painter. Your mom is a woodcutter. What kind of, what were they making? and um and what are they up to now uh they paint uh occasionally at home still that's kind of their just their their hobby now um they, they haven't done anything professionally with with their art uh background for for a long time i i would say you know right now they're they're pretty much semi-retired or have been for the last few years and and that's really what me and my brother want is to have them be comfortable for, you know, the rest of their lives. Um, they are, I mean, I, I think the artistic stuff, uh, you know, I'll just be honest. They shifted to golf. They're just golfing four times a week. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I guess uh, dad, uh, he, he got into poetry uh reading oh, right. Sorry, um, poetry, yeah. so he, he was um he was uh reading he was the voice of a lot of a lot of chinese poetry audiobooks wow. uh he he has a he has a really good voice uh radio voice and he did some radio in college and then over the years of smoking it got even deeper <laughs> so it was perfect for 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 very dramatic poetry reading so that, that i guess that was yeah <laughs> That's amazing. Could you get me a, just a short clip? I would love to put it inside of the podcast when it's oh, all said yes. and done, just to oh. get your dad's voice in here. It'd be so cool. He would be so proud. Yeah, absolutely. So are you artistic? <laughs> Peter, I see a guitar in your background. That's just, I know like about four chords is really just a wall piece, but <laughs> no, uh, Mike and I, Mike is very artistic. I, I think we both, we all grew up uh, um, uh, artistic. We got, we, we had our parents' genes you know, we were sketching all the time, looking at floor plans uh, growing up. Um, uh, but uh, we never did anything with it. But, you know, for example, a lot of the photo shoots, the, the uh, graphic design for the restaurants, things like that, that's all Mike with, with the behind the, photo uh, the camera. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the interior design elements, the wall art, we all put our, our input in there. So, but yeah, yeah we don't paint though. <laughs> no. I mean, I, the things we do, it's a lot of artistic elements. It's creating something out of like an em empty room. I, I think that's a, a lot of thought go, needs to go behind it. Yeah. So what do you two like to do for fun when you're not working? Also golf? I, I do golf with my dad until he, he got better than me. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Is he ready? Yes, he is. Like I can't beat him anymore. He plays too much. Wow. wow. <laughs> How about you, Mike? What do you yeah. do for fun? I recently picked up a sport called pickleball. I don't know if you've even yes. heard of it. It's so popular right now, right? It's I wild. Heard it a lot. Yeah, there's a court. They built a new court just down the street five minutes from my house. Not even like two minutes. So I've been going there a lot and there's a, you meet a lot of new people there. It's always full compared to the tennis courts. like always empty. Um, really, really good workout. Yeah, that's, uh, I would say that's my um, active, only only thing active that I do at the moment. <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah, I've heard a lot about it. We ran some essays recently, like uh, 80 and 90 year old couple got into it in their 80s and 90s. It became champions. Like they must wow. have been athletically inclined, but I was like, wow. okay. Was yeah. like, um, well, you know, I think we're nearing the end of the interview, but you have such an amazing story. You've built, you know, so much great stuff in San Diego. I mean, what what do you want your your legacy, you know, to be? What is the mark you're trying to leave behind on San Diego? Um, you know, I'll say, you know, even though Peter and I were we we're running other restaurant companies right now, um, uh, PokeWorks and the new one we just mentioned, the that's the first one of uh, of the of its kind right now. But we always wanted to go back to San Diego. Uh, we put a lot of attention in those in Mongolian Hapa and ShopWorks. Uh, we do want to make if we were to expand either one, we would want to expand in San Diego, you know, with the team there. It's uh, really about building building that team. We have a great, you know, uh, manager. We have great, um, you know, team members in both stores. And some of them has been with us since like we opened in like, like 15 years ago, literally, um, and they're still working there. You know, it's, uh, it, it's about that, right? Just stay in, in, in the home, home territory, and keep expanding it. Um, I don't want to say I want to leave anything like a legacy or anything, but it just it makes me feel good to know that I did my hometown right. Uh, yeah, I mean to to add to that, I think uh, uh, we were the first Mongolian hot pot or real the first hot pot specialty restaurant in San Diego, right? And yeah. and we're really proud of that fact. And then just um, having Claremont Mesa, that whole that area. Uh, being in that community for 15 years, that's huge to us. Um, hopefully we can be there for 15 more. And for Shabbleworks, it's, it's kind of been, even though it's a little, there's a little bit more to that menu, um, we still have the same Mongolian hot pot base at that restaurant and we're expanding it in Mayor Mesa and other neighborhoods. Uh, we just wanna make sure that um, we're bringing that food to, to other neighborhoods and, and start hitting, you know, going down south to Chula Vista or north to San Marcos um but yeah just bring good food good to good people what should we order at either restaurant what's your what's your go-to order what's the best thing you have on the menu you got to get the lamb or uh, new zealand grass-fed uh, uh lamb for mongolian hot pie it's it's uh that's a traditional uh protein for mongolian hot pie so you got to get that um I, I love our our fish balls it's house made we take you know fresh fish grind it up make it into our own fish balls those are really yummy um mike what's yours and then of course he, he comes away, <laughs> right? <laughs> um i mean it's, it's kind of different from your traditional restaurants right it's more the main dish is really the soup so mongolia hapa is it's a very special like soup base where you know we, we have to cook it with chicken broth for over eight hours um to the point where the broth turns into a milky color from all the minerals uh, from the bones of the chicken. Um, and we discard the chicken, we only use the broth, right? So it's a very, very special, like time-consuming process. Um, and then we'll season it with the with the Mongolian hot special seasoning, 37 different spices. And that gives a very, very unique taste that 
it's very hard to replicate like anywhere. You know, you it's you can't you can, you try to do it at home, you, you can't unless you buy the you go to the supermarket buy the little sheep like spices whatever. <laughs> but that's the main thing, and everything else is just sort of uh, you, you can you can put in whatever you want, right? So Peter mentioned lamb. If you you're if you're a lamb lover, you know we're super picky with our lamb. We only get uh, a lamb shoulder that's only like a certain age. <laughs> Um, so it retains that tenderness and uh, minus the gaminess. And of course, we have a, a even bigger selection of beefs, you know, um, shabu shabu, hot pot, you know, it's, it's mainly usually beef. So we, ha we have a wagyu, we have different cuts of wagyu, um, seafood, uh, uh, fresh shrimp balls, we grind up shrimp, turn it into meatballs, and you just drop it into the soup. Uh, and then just many vegetables that you can shoot. And shabu work is the all you can eat. So you get to enjoy eight different kinds of soup bases versus only the, the kind, the one we have a Mongolian hot pot. And everything else is, um, I would say, very similar. It's just the, the taste the, of the soup base is different. The decor is different. The vibe is slightly different. Yeah. Mongolian hot pot, I, I would say it's more very traditional, like your old school. Family friendly. Oh, yeah. Family friendly, hole in the wall. Well, yeah, I guess you could call it a hole in the wall place. Whereas Shabu Works is a little bit more uh, uh, younger, trendier, more vibrant. Uh, the taste is louder, you know, things like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the tips and thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Congrats again on 15 years. That's awesome. Thank thanks. you so much. Thanks, Christy. Thanks, Christy. Thanks again for tuning in to the San Diego News Fix Name Drop Edition. We'll be back next week.